Hey guys, what's up? This is Landon from the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, and I want to share a story about my friend Nick and the service that he can do to bring magic to your magical escape to the Walt Disney World Resort. With 25 resort locations, four theme parks, two water parks, 180-day advance notice dining reservations, 60-day window for those Fast Pass Plus selections. Plus, there's a lot to plan with a trip to Walt Disney World. Don't worry about that because Nick, Nick has your back. Book a trip with Nick Salcedo at Capture the Magic Vacation and let him be your guide to a uniquely magical vacation to any Disney destination with no cost to you or yours. Let Nick do the hard planning for you while you just sit back and enjoy a trip to the most magical place on earth. Nick is an expert in all things Disney and will truly help put the magical touch on your vacation. Contact Nick at nick.salcedo that is S-A-L-C-E-D-O at C-T-M that vagant vegant CTMV agent. Vagent.com and let's start planning your next trip. <laughs> and by the way, you can visit the website capture the magic vacations.com slash agent slash Nick dash Salcedo S A L C E D O and you can connect to him directly. Main idea, no cost to you. Free. And and and, and don't you get like a gift card too, or did I make that up? If you tell Nick that the magic monorail... No, we're not the magic... Who are we? We're the Monday morning monorail. If you tell Nick... <laughs> if you tell Nick the magic monorail sent you, he'll have no idea what you're saying, but if He'll you, think you're on drugs and call the police. But if you tell him the Monday morning monorail sent you... He will also think you're on drugs, but then give you a gift card. He will give you a Disney gift card if you end up booking a vacation with him. Nick.Salcedo, S-L-C-E-D-O, at C-T-M-V-Agent.com. Beautiful. Nailed it. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA. Gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I want to welcome you to a very special episode of the show. Because it is going to be a Land in the Dawzdone takeover. You see, Landon's been out for a couple of weeks, mostly because we forgot to tell him we weren't recording last week, and then, you know, the previous week he kind of slept through it. But he's awake now, and we wanted to catch up on a few things. So, what you're about to hear is a very special episode that features the one and only land in the Dawes Don't doing like you get all serious and like dark when, when, when you said a very special episode with me. I, I don't know. I just wanted to be very intense. <laughs> I wanted, yes. I wanted to give it a feel and abandon of course, all hope ye that enter. <laughs> <laughs> but of course he is here right with me. And uh, we, we wanted to do a quick intro and, and just say um, that Landon, we, we have missed you the last couple of weeks. Oh, thanks. We're glad to have you back. And now hopefully as we kind of round out the year, we'll get back into our regularly scheduled recording program. 
Yeah, look forward to getting back onto the schedule. I really do apologize for sleeping uh, through worry. the switcheroo skidoo because uh, I did prep. I still have notes. Um, but <laughs> little inside baseball for me. Uh, I get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and when the call time is to record at 9 p.m., on a Friday night on top of that, a <laughs> uh, little hard for me in that instance, but I do apologize. I uh, y'all had a great episode, all 11 hours of it. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was but, quite a marathon. Yeah, it was, but uh, yeah, looking forward to get back on the regular schedule of things, though. I'm going to tease some stuff. We might have some special episodes coming down the pike, so you know, mm-hmm. if that's something that interests you, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, remember five stars or GTFO, everybody. Landon, I want to give you a chance here to make use of a little bit of your notes. I just want to ask you, what would you like to see Disney do in the parks with the Muppets? In the parks, and this isn't going to be a crazy outside-the-box type idea. It's very similar to an attraction that just shut down in Magic Kingdom. Uh, great moments in uh, history, but mostly at the American part. Take the Muppets, bring them to Epcot, and do a world showcase. Mm-hmm. Do uh, do highlights of you know uh, highlight different cultures around the world, and let the Muppets be the ones to you know tell that story. You could still have the off the wall antics that come with the Muppets, but also tell some interesting parts because I mean, in the world showcase dozens and dozens of cultures and countries are represented so why not have some show aspect with that yeah kind of a variety show and also uh for the disney plus side a mystery science theater starring statler and waldorf ripping on old school disney stuff like um i would pay to see them rip apart uh, the swiss family robinson or something like that yeah i i like that too i think that would be a lot of fun so um, I like both suggestions. I just want more Muppets. That's yeah, all we really just want. Want more Muppets? Hashtag save the Muppets. Hashtag save the Muppets. Well, now let's get into today's show. This is episode number eighty-five of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, and today is December second, twenty nineteen. I hope you enjoy the show. We're going to roll into M three four D, and then we're going to wrap it up with a preview of Landon's upcoming Disney trip. So stay with us, and Landon. Welcome back, man. I just missed you so much. Just so glad. Thanks, to have buddy. You. <laughs> missed you too. And I missed you, the lovely listener, most of all. You so did. stay tuned. You're listening to the Monday Morning Monorail podcast on the. Do y'all have like a podcasting network? Not really. Okay. Well, it's right here. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me, because it wouldn't be the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes without him, is Landon, the Dawes Dome. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. It's been a couple weeks. It has been a couple weeks. Uh, Happy belated Thanksgiving to y'all and also to the listeners as well. And uh, if y'all haven't already done it, let me be the first on this podcast to wish y'all a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I think officially you're the first one to do it in the official Christmas season. We did it back in like August, I think, but... (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did the joke how we were going to be the first ones to wish you a, a Merry Christmas. So so we are doubling down on that joke, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. We do. It we, worked so well the first time. It's like, gosh darn it. Let's, we're, we're playing nothing but the classics right now. We go back to the well as long as the whale's still got water, for sure. Exactly. Speaking of going back to the well, we'll be doing another Land and Peace Theater. Um, there has to be some stupid award we can give away. That was fun. Um, uh, March Madness. We're also going to be doing that in the next segment. So. Let me Stay tell tuned. you, people love Land and Peace Theater. So if you've got another one of those in the hopper, <laughs> I think we need to do it. We we need to oh, okay. we need to we need to scour uh, Diz Twitter for the latest controversy and and maybe resurrect an oldie but a goodie because hmm. lots are, of great are, are people still still upset about the Skyliner? I remember that being a big hullabaloo. <laughs> uh, let's see. Maybe maybe we can save Land and Peace Theater for the next time, like an animatronic's head falls off midway through a ride or something. Okay, we'll do it. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Also, it's called a tease in the business. <laughs> Coming soon, Land and Peace Theater Part Two. Um, but we're not going to do that today. We're going to save that. So uh, give you a reason to come back another day. But today we're going to continue our journey through attractions, rides, shows that you can find or could have found at the Magic Kingdom as part of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we're going to do a deep dive. I'm emphasizing some of these words because (laughs) you're going to see why in a minute. Yeah, Uh, he he has a purpose, ladies and gentlemen. He's not having a medical emergency (laughs) where he randomly emphasizes parts of words. He's building to something, I promise. That's right. We're diving under the water, under the sea, mind you. For Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid today. Um, let me just say, I can never remember the name of this ride. And Seriously. It, and it's mostly because I don't think I realized that it's not even hyphenated. It has the little squiggle between Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid. And I always want to call it Voyage of the Little Mermaid. And that is the show at Hollywood, Hollywood Studios. Studio. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing doing research for this. It's like, oh, I, I swear this was a ride. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. That would explain why I swore it was a ride, because it actually it is. is. It is. Um, and then, you know, to confuse things even further, it's called something different at California Adventure. It's called the Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure. Well, that's that's not confusing or anything. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure why the variation, to be honest. Why not just call it the same thing? It Because, honestly, you've got a Peter Pan dark ride. It's just called... We can just call it Peter Pan. People know what you're talking about. Peter Pan's flight, but people just call it Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. You got uh, Pooh. You know, uh, what? What's, what is what is Pooh's ride even called? I can't think of it right now. The Mini Adventures of is, Winnie Yeah, the there you go. Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, but people can just call it the Pooh the ride. The Pooh, yeah. <laughs> we'll go ride the Pooh ride, uh, which doesn't sound great. Um, no, no, but uh, you have to remember back when that back uh, backlot Hollywood studio thing was going on over at uh, Hollywood Studio, that was actually called the Pooh ride. <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, so I actually kind of prefer the name The Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure because you, then you could say The Little Mermaid Ride, which would be fine. <laughs> Instead, we have to complicate it and say Under the Sea, <laughs> Journey of the Little Mermaid. Seriously. Fine. I, like, seriously, doing research for this one segment, I had to go back and look at the text and be like, what am I supposed to be Googling? Because I, like, doing Google searches, I came up with everything but this attraction yeah. because it's so convoluted of a name. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Do you think maybe they went with Under the Sea as kind of the leadoff because this actually is sitting in the spot where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea used to be? 
hmm, maybe maybe a, a tip of the hat. I could yeah. definitely see the Imagineers doing that. By the way, quick sidebar: if you're not watching the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, what are you doing with right. your life? Also, this is not a ad for Disney Plus. Though Disney Plus, we are open. Yeah, the Imagineering story is is kind of similar to a uh, Disney deep dive with the Dawes, but they're they doing totally it. ripped us off. They, oh my God! I yeah, knew it. they really did. So we're gonna have to come after him. Watch out, Joe Rody, Marty Scalar. All I'm coming after John you, Hinch, Tony Baxter. Tony Tita Baxter. The, no, no, that's that that's not true. I love Tony Baxter. <laughs> all those guys are great. <laughs> they are. If you're seriously though, if you're not watching that, do it. If you if oh you like God. if you like this kind of stuff, then mm-hmm. you're gonna love that. And if you love this idea, but you know, with production values, <laughs> go for it. And facts, <laughs> correct uh-huh. information, yeah. exactly, and licensed footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you, other then than you're that, love it. we're practically the other same. than that same thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, so here we are under the sea, journey of the little mermaid, and um. I would I had said recently on the podcast that you know this is something that we had ridden before um, we've ridden it more frequently now that we live here because more often than not it doesn't have a very long wait and on busy days in the parks because this is a omni mover dark ride you know it's continuous loading um, you can pretty much there may be a line but at most 20 30 minutes and you're you're moving the whole time so it makes it feel like it's not quite as long step right on and uh, you get to have a fun experience. And I, and I have a new appreciation for it because there's things about it. And we're going to talk about it as we go that I just didn't realize when we wrote it the first couple of times, um, maybe I was distracted by the the music or trying to, you know, look at the animatronics or whatever. I don't know, but, or but Ursula's head falling off. Like I teased. Yeah. Or Ursula's head falling off, but that, um, that totally happened. <laughs> the video is still hilarious and kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Ursula does not miss a beat. She keeps the song going. Oh, sure. So the show must go on. She's a professional. Truly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I, as I mentioned, we always kind of start off with an overview of what the ride is. And, and it is a dark ride omni mover. And it, and it kind of takes you through the story of the little mermaid and um, it, it basically play in the hits. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think you could say, um, and it definitely does tell the Little Mermaid story, but it plays all the songs you would associate with yeah. Little Mermaid. Like you said, it's playing the hits. It doesn't give you every scene, but I would definitely say this ride tells you the story of the Little Mermaid animated movie. Yeah, and so before we got started, we were actually comparing this to a ride over in Epcot, the the Nemo ride, because both of them include clamshells. This one actually takes you through the story in in a mostly logical chronological way the the nemo one is kind of all over the place Um, yeah it's 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 really more of a scattershot we have an ip we need to do something with yeah also here's some fish (laughs) yeah it's that that is worth it to ride because i think the projections on the aquarium are pretty effective and cool worth it to at least see it once i would say um but I like the Nemo ride something that if I never did it again, I'd, I wouldn't miss it. I don't think. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think like, like my draw to that ride would be seeing the fish themselves, but you don't have to ride Nemo to yeah. go see those fish. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Better to go into what I like to call sea base alpha and, <laughs> and explore for yourself uh, <laughs> without the hydrolators, mind you. Um, but yes. So, 
Little Mermaid, you're in a clamshell, similar to Nemo, but uh, in this case, you're actually going through kind of a logical storytelling. Do you telling. think they just had like a surplus of like clamshell seats? <laughs> That's and why they're it's both. Like, it's like, it's like, hey, like, like it's, it's smoke them if you got them right yeah, now. We well, have to use them. Honestly, that's it. Could be true because you're saving money using the exact same ride seat design. You know why yeah. not? Um, so that's makes sense to me. I don't know yeah. if I if that's I was Disney, I'd do it. it. Like, and let's be honest, you only want to make one trip to clamshells are us. <laughs> they wait. They wait for clam fest at Red Lobster, and they just went crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good news, guys. I spent all my money. <laughs> Oh, clams. I used to love, you know, at Red Lobster, they used to do, this is probably insensitive considering we're talking about an under the sea attraction with fish and stuff, but. Uh, hey, 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 it's not like we're, we're saying they serve up shaggy there. It's if, okay. you, if you're a fish, just close your ears for a minute. Uh, <laughs> do fish have ears? <laughs> I think so. Um, Red Lobster used to do. If you're cra- a fish, get back to us. Let yeah, us know. Let us know. Red Lobsters used to do crab fest. And, mm-hmm. um, and let me tell you. There's a reason they stopped doing that because I think that I was part of the reason they were losing money on that deal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, we would go through buckets and buckets of those crab legs. Mm, so Seriously, good. Cr- uh, it, buckets of crab legs and them cheddar biscuits. Like, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. On board. Yeah. Just go ahead and put it in my veins. Yeah. Um, now, go now ahead. I want seafood. Oh yeah. Well, again. Okay. Now the fish can start listening again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So this this ride um, opened as part of the reimagined Fantasyland, and it actually we're coming up now. Uh, this being December second, we are just a few days away from the seventh anniversary of the official opening day oh, of this yeah. ride. Yeah, because it opened December sixth of t- twenty twelve, uh, replacing Pooh's playful spot, um, and then of course previously previously twenty twenty thousand leagues yeah. under the sea. Yeah, that ride was so cool. It really was, um, and I do miss it certainly. Um, but, but I understand why yeah. it went away. <laughs> yeah, you get why. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. high maintenance cost, but also the fact that it was just, it was not wheelchair accessible. No, not at all. Yeah. So they, they definitely brought something in now that everybody can enjoy. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the theming because I think that it's one of the things I really appreciate about this ride. Because the ride, it's not super long. It's it's about five, six minutes long. But um, But like, I think they've done a good job in the Magic Kingdom uh, theming this uh, particular area because on the outside you've got kind of a, a pirate ship with, uh, what do you call it? Ariel is is the is it the figurehead? The mast? The mast, the mast yeah, head? Yeah, she, she's there on the mast. Yeah, the, uh, so, and, and it's pretty, it, it looks really good, especially if you frame it up mm-hmm. kind of with the rock work behind it. Um, you can see Eric's castle. Um, it's, so, it's so nice looking. And then as you go, like, over to board the ride, you go into the caves, and it, what it's supposed to simulate is like uh, coastal low tide, which I think is believable. Um, and I always like a nice cave cue with the the waterfalls, the running water, and it's it's definitely cool over there, cooler than some of the other areas of the park. And so um, I really do appreciate that. And I and I guess too, the little ones can do kind of a little uh, scavenger hunt, a scuttle scavenger hunt as you go through the the queue so it gives them a little something to do not quite as interactive as something like the new peter pan queue or haunted mansion but it gives you things to look at and can keep people occupied and again it's um it's well done i think um but then and as you get onto the ride um you start to uh, you start your journey with scuttle kind of voicing over 
the the story of the Little Mermaid in, in the, a way only he can. He's playing a little uh, accordion there. And then this is the part that I really appreciate about this ride. And honestly, I feel like it's worth price of admission. Your clamshell turns backwards. Yes, here it is. You go, da- you start going downhill, and you actually go under the sea. And the way they accomplish this, oh, it's so cool. They project water bubbling up on the clamshell in front of you, and if you look above, all of a sudden there's water being projected bubbling above you, and you are. I mean, it. It sounds like okay. That's that's like a cool effect. It's pretty good. Like, like you say, it just sounds like a cool effect. Like even in video, in my opinion, when that happens, like, like again, I yeah. like, I don't have a high def camera, but if you look really closely, <laughs> you can see the hair on my arm standing up. It is such a cool effect, yeah. and it really does give you that that feeling that you are going under the sea. Very similar to the uh, to the uh, Little Mermaid stage show over at Hollywood Studios, where they have that laser effect yeah. where it's like the water projected above that's you. cool you truly too. feel like you're going under the sea and the way they do it on the back of the car i guess behind yeah. you so just oh yeah them. it was it was brilliant it's such a it's such a nice touch and the way that they use the projection technology which they've gotten so good at at walt disney world um is just it's very effective it up on frozen though come on <laughs> it's it's very effective and it's something this is one of the my examples of things that the first couple times I rode this, I just I just wasn't a paying attention. I wasn't a paying attention to it. I don't know why. I'm bobbity boobity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but then like th- it was probably right after um, we had moved here. We were down there on a busy day at Magic Kingdom. We go right under the sea, and as we're going backwards, I'm like, oh my gosh, we just went underwater. I talked about it the whole rest of the ride. <laughs> The people three card Sawyer is like, yeah, we get it. We all know. Shut up. <laughs> but it really had that kind of impact on me, which is pretty good because it may not even be the most like technologically. It's not the most technologically advanced because thing. there are some really dope animatronics. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm going to call them dope. That's how nice. Yeah. They are. But yeah, that effect like. You said it earlier. It's worth the price, the price of admission alone for yeah. this ride. Just that right there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Very good. Um, so as you get rolling, the first tune you're going to hear is part of your world, which of course is a fan favorite. And you kind of see they use projection above you as you first come under the water and you see Ariel swimming around. And then you are right there in her grotto, uh, with her and flounder and looking at all her, uh, collections. Yeah. Doodads, her dingle hoppers and such. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot the dingle hoppers. Uh, who's it's and what's it's. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and so you, then you kind of slide around the corner and, and you are suddenly smack dab in the middle of Under the Sea. Um, and that is such a fun scene. There's so much going on. this In this room, you've got, you know, Sebastian kind of leading the band on top of the rock formation, on top of the coral. And you've got the fish, all the different kinds of fish doing the different things that you've seen in the movies. And... Man, there's so much to see that you could go through this room a bunch of times and not see all of it because it's just all around you, surrounding mm-hmm. you. I will say, like, in this room in particular, I think these have some of my least favorite animatronics, particularly in the fish, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, playing in the band. Some of them, I mean, I'm not going to say they look bad because it's a Walt Disney animatronic and, you know, they can't look bad. <laughs> but compared to some of the yeah. other ones, like, like I, I think they're slightly lacking. Yeah, that's just me though. Still, still a great scene, and like you said, it has so much going on. Your eye probably isn't going to be drawn in on be like, hey, you know, yeah, I'm not a fan of that one in particular. 
Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, a lot of them. Also, in- while we're on the animatronics, let's back up one scene into okay. Ariel's grotto. Her hair, like, oh, yeah. like it's it's something to look at. It's just like it's supposed to be giving, I guess, the illusion of you know hair moving underwater. Yeah. But it doesn't really move, and it looks like a just a big giant chunk of plastic. Which I mean, I guess it technically is, but like, <laughs> I, I I don't know. It, that took me out of everything. So I think this is a good point. Well, in that one scene, it didn't take me out of the rest of the ride. I'm just saying <laughs> you were that, done. We, that one. It's like, yeah, um, I, I, I need I an off? exit right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I I think this is a good point, and it's something that I was thinking about too. Because what they're trying to capture, obviously, is Ariel's hair floating, free floating in the water. Which is, if it was just like, you know, natural hair, how I don't know how they do that unless they were blowing wind on a it fan or, or something and and then that would probably look kind of yeah carny. <laughs> yeah so they it does move slightly if you if you kind of look at the ends like the very ends of her hair that are kind of out to the side you see it it kind of moves just a little bit okay but, all right yeah but but it's not much it's very subtle and it does it looks like a large piece of plastic just like it is um at the next aerial that you see has similar things going on, but I think you're distracted a little bit because they do the illusion of her actually like floating um, while you're okay. in the under the sea theme uh, scene uh, because she's actually kind of dancing to the music and you're not really maybe as distracted staring at her hair because she's like, you're like, oh, wow, Ariel's floating. Has some movement. Okay. Sim- all right. Similar to the, if you remember RIP, the great movie ride, um, the way that they made Mary Poppins float. In the chimney scene, um, it, it's it's like a similar kind of thing with Ariel, so that's pretty cool. Um, that's probably maybe the most impressive part of the under the sea theme uh, scene, and so um, yeah. But but I agree, it's a little distracting. I mean, like like still, I'm not saying don't don't avoid this attraction just because of that. That's just me being a Disney dork. Yeah, exactly. We're being picky. That's <laughs> exactly. What we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do it because we love. Also, we are going to give this, going back to a previous episode, we're going to give this the harshest review ever, <laughs> an 89 out of yeah, 100. Exactly. <laughs> that is scathing. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so we move on from Under the Sea, and now we see Flotsam and Jetsam, those mischievous eels, because they're hearing oh. all about Ariel's desire to go above the water and join Eric um, and, you know, wishing for a life on land. So, and the way they're introduced, just hanging above you, like like one eye has one out and the yeah. other. It's like, oh, I just love the way it's like they very slowly show up. It's like, oh. Yeah. Almost like great movie ride when the alien comes in from above you. That was a really cool effect. <laughs> I miss that ride. Yeah, I know. It's going to make us sad. Um, Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of the Imagineering story, they talk about how that was like the main attraction of Hollywood Studios. It's just sad that it had to go. But yeah, and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. and it's gone. Hashtag. God, that it, like. <sighs> I I have high expectations for the Mickey and Minnie ro- Runaway Coaster. Ooh, you got some big yeah, shoes better, to fill, y'all. It better, it better deliver. It better. <laughs> it better deliver. Um, so, all right. So, back to Ariel. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> all right. So, obviously, Flotsam and Jetsam take the information over to Ursula. And the next thing you get to see is this, I'll say, infamous Ursula animatronic that maybe back in 2012 might have been the most, are we going to say, I'm going to say maybe the most 
impressive animatronic on Disney Walt Disney World property at the time. Because, man, this thing, it's large, imposing. It is very articulate, arms, face, everything moving around. The tentacles. Tentacles moving. Uh, as long as its head's not falling off. <laughs> there is that one issue, but, you know, that's that's only on special occasions that Ursula loses <laughs> she- her head. But, yeah, I would agree. When this ride was made, this was probably peak yeah. Walt Disney World technology. I mean, like, I do think uh, the uh, shaman at the end of Navi sure. River Rapid is now surpassed that. But still, to this day in almost 2020 almost a brand new decade i still think this ursula animatronic is still one of the most impressive technological feats in the walt disney world property it's just like it is something to behold it's very good it is very good and it's and then like we talked when it loses its head it's even better yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) Uh, that only happened once i'll stop bringing it up (laughs) yeah but the footage lives on forever yeah it does Yeah, yeah it does so all right so then uh Obviously, we've got Ariel, who has now signed her life away on the Ursula contract. You see her surrounded in a vortex. She's getting her legs. And then we go back above the water. So you get to see, this time you're going up, you see the the water bubble down. They use kind of the reverse effect. And now you're above water, where we get to see... uh, Above the sea. Yeah, (laughs) above the sea. Above the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, that's all I got. (laughs) That's That's where we get to see the kiss the girls scene. Uh, which I think is pretty good. And this one, I don't think the animatronics are quite as distracting because they're above water, so they don't have to have the flying hair and all that stuff. So so they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that we end up in is, is the finale scene where uh, King Triton, Sebastian Flounder, and the couples are waving goodbye from a gazebo, and there's fireworks. The fireworks are pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. They are, and, uh, and Ursula is in the background being all giant and evil. Yeah. So uh, that's that's one thing I kind of felt they could have handled better. Like, like I do think the way the attraction ends this right here is a nice, you know, send off. But like, it's missing. Come on, give, give us something from when Ursula yeah. goes like uh, goes like Mecca Ursula or whatever. Yeah. You know, to borrow a term from Godzilla. Like, like give us a scene of that. If there was anything that I would add to this ride, I totally agree. It would have been very cool to have a scene with a giant Ursula and maybe seeing like the ship kind of sailing towards. <laughs> yeah, her. sailing. Into, we don't have you know. to do full impale, but like, no, no, screw that. We are going <laughs> to do it. Also, we're bringing back the Xenomorph for reasons. Uh, we are going to get really dark at the end of this ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah i think because the end is kind of rushed through like once mm-hmm. once we get kissed the girls then all of a sudden it's like kiss and the, it's over it's over it's like, yeah like i could have swore there was something else that happened in this movie yeah um but but you get a lot of time in that um under the sea room so and i'll tell you it's impressive like i mentioned there are almost 200 audio animatronic figures in that room that's crazy. Wow. In that one room alone? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Ursula, wow. by the way, is seven and a half feet tall and 12 feet wide. Well, uh, that would explain why she feels giant and imposing. Yeah. it's it, She really does. She definitely... I've dated some women like that. <laughs> what? No, sorry. <laughs> oh. hey Hey, everybody, everybody yeah. has their type, you know? Absolutely. You know, I'm just into uh, eight-legged sea monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. And he lost his he lost his headphones on that one. Sorry. sorry. Um, uh, I like that one a little bit too much. <laughs> I appreciated it. 
Thank you. And I'm trying to see. I'm going just kind of through my list of fun facts here because some of this stuff we talked about. Um, but I'm trying to see if there's anything we missed. Um, it it does feature voices from the original movie, the original 1985 film. Did you know that 1985? Yeah. Uh, well, what I say? 1989. Sorry. Okay. What? <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. I was going back in time. Back in time. Uh-uh. Yeah, bring back the Back to the Future at Disney or Universal <laughs> or Knott's Berry Farm. I don't care who at this point. Just do it, you cowards. So apparently The Little Mermaid was the first Disney film based on a classic fairy tale since Sleeping Beauty three decades earlier. That's that's interesting, but it's not really about the ride, just about Little Mermaid. But that is interesting. Yeah. Because especially it seems like this movie kind of started a Disney princess renaissance, at least for when you and I were growing yeah, up. I would say that's probably true. Because um, I guess a- this was technically before Beauty and the Beast, right? Yes. Okay. So so yeah. This- I think so. I'm I'm gonna say let let's play let's I mean, play it's, a game. It's, it's, it's on a podcast, and and I said it with confidence. So that means it's true now. I'm sorry. That's that's just the world we live in, and almost 2020. But but like I mean, Little Mermaid, uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Nala from Lion King, Jasmine from Aladdin. Oh, yeah, Jasmine, I mean, like like sure. those are some strong Disney princesses right there, and that all came from you know that one era that i guess that disney animation it, renaissance it was kind of a renaissance of disney animation right uh right in that zone and um man they were cranking out the mm-hmm. hits high um, quality once again going back if you're if you don't have disney plus what are you doing with your life oh, and yeah. once again disney we are open to sponsorships didn't you hear me kill that hello apron uh live read a few weeks ago <laughs> come get this um yeah got some compliments on that by the way i don't know oh really tom, tom, tom and michelle tom and michelle yeah i, I heard in the previous that. episode yeah. thank y'all for the uh, for the kind words uh let's just let this be said i am available to do voiceovers for anything <laughs> i will do a lot for money <laughs> okay so what i wanted to do we were going to guess the release year of beauty and the beast and i'll tell you i've looked it up now but my guess was 1992 I will. Ooh, I was going to say ninety. Uh, but, but, but to be different, I'll say ninety-three. Oh, you went the wrong way. It was ninety-one. Ninety-one. I yeah. nailed it. Yeah, there right. you go. Yeah, Boom. came out in November of ninety-one. So into the year, November twenty-second. So actually, we just celebrated another anniversary for Beauty happy birthday once yeah. again. We're going to act like we planned it that way. Totally planned it. Yeah. Yep. We're good like that. Little Mermaid was actually released November seventeenth of eighty-nine. So. Was it like a thing to put these movies out in November? I, I, I mean, I guess because I mean, back in that time when it came to movie dis or movies rather, December and Christmas was kind of a dead spot. So maybe you wanted to get them in before the holidays. That way, when people get together with the little ones, they want to go to the theater and see you know the the fun yeah. fish sing with the lady. Aladdin came out in November of ninety two. Okay, so apparently there must have been going something where where they were looking at box office returns and stuff like this just cleaned up. And Man, look at that! Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, give us, give us, uh, give us the next one. I was going to give you Lion King. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lion King. So it's showing me, of course, the the new, the new one. one. Yeah. Um, so let me go back. Lion- Which, by the way, I still haven't oh. seen, and I don't intend to. So. Even though I love you, Donald Glover, and most of that cast. It's just, I'm so tired of Disney with their live action stuff. So this is bizarre. This one was June of 94. Whoa, talk about bucking the trend. But, you know, it was like a smash hit summer blockbuster, so. 
and that is true. That is that is when Hollywood really did kind of re-lean into that big summer blockbuster thing. So I mean, but I mean, yeah. just look at that eighty-nine to ninety-four in mm-hmm. that what five six-year time frame. <laughs> yeah, Disney made four classics. Oh, and by the way, Toy Story came out in what ninety-two. Never so. heard of it. No, like, oh my god, yeah. Of course, that was so, that was just you know Pixar at the time wasn't part of Disney when that came out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Disney's like, wait, these guys are making us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that maybe you know it's interesting. By the way, we we just hit the tw- uh, twenty years ago. Toy Story two just came out. Oh wow, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry, like like we're 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 going off on a tangent, but I'm having a blast right now. <laughs> well, it's kind of <laughs> it is fun. I was actually going to suggest it's like uh, once we get through all of Magic Kingdom, I think our next mag our natural step. I was going to say magical step. Our next it is a magical step. Our next natural step would be, of course, to go to Epcot. But I wonder if we shouldn't just do like a little sidebar and talk some Disney animated films um, at some point. I think we should just dive. do both. Could do both. So, yes, I was going to say, um, here we had 89 Little Mermaid. 90 was The Rescuers Down Under. It came out. I like that day. movie. It, it's kind of gotten lost to the uh, to the time, to the ether, I don't know. Yeah. Because Rescuers really doesn't have a presence with Disney it, at all. Anymore. It really doesn't. It, it, no, though the first Rescuers totally traumatized me as a kid. <laughs> of course, remember, I was a stupid little wiener kid growing up, as we previously discussed. The Haunted Mansion terrified me. God, it's scary, man. Yeah, that Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> <laughs> but then we had Beauty and the Beast ninety one. We had Aladdin ninety two, and then there was there was no uh, animated Disney film that came out in ninety three. Uh, Lion King ninety four, and then Pocahontas ninety five, Hunchback of Notre Dame ninety six, Hercules ninety seven, Mulan ninety. Love Hercules, yes. Yeah, I mean, seriously, they they were what, what? A you're gonna factory. stop before you get to emperor's new groove come on oh sorry you're I'm a llama she made me a llama <laughs> that was in 2000 that's crazy that movie seems older to me it really does but when but when you threw out when uh when uh little mermaid came out in 89 is like okay that's way too early mm. nope no, it wasn't. Like, like I, I mean, I always did grow up with the Little Mermaid, but I could have swore like I was older when it came out. But I mean, clearly I wasn't. I was four when it came out. So, yeah. uh, and all of this started. Old man, this is weird. The hit parade actually started with the Black Cauldron in '85. Did it really? That's where it started, and then yeah. From, from and, there. Then, and then it almost killed this from there <laughs> and, and their animation. Well, I mean, it's pretty, you know, people love the black cauldron, but don't get right. me wrong. I love the black cauldron. Like, like as a metal kid, why would I not yeah. like the black cauldron? But at the same time, when you look at it financially yeah, right. and critically, it did not do well. And there's a reason Disney has left that in the vault. Yeah. You well, were, I mean, they didn't leave it in the vault, but there's a reason they're not doing anything with it. Yeah. Because you would have thought, like, like around like the turn of the century, when somehow Tinkerbell turned into like an angsty teen <laughs> icon. Thank you, Hot Topic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure: I worked there for like eight years. But, uh, <laughs> you would have thought they would have done something with the Black Cauldron when when everybody was getting all you know goth and angsty and then writing in their live journal listening to my chemical romance you would have thought disney would have done something with that and black cauldron would have been it wait mm. no i forgot they had nightmare before christmas so, oh that's yeah true. that is why we didn't get any more black cauldron because disney latched onto that for their goth yeah kid franchise it is pretty great though <laughs> 
I guess uh, it's not. I, so I know it was a. It's a. What do you call it? It's a clay. Is it claymation? It's it's a stop motion movie. Stop. Uh, yeah, stop motion. So it's not on this list that I'm looking at of the Disney animation. And plus, studios. technically, that was not a Disney film. That was a. It was released by a different company. It wasn't Miramax. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I think it was Touchstone. I think I think it was released under the Touchstone umbrella. So it wasn't a Walt Disney picture. I mean, it was distributed by Disney because that was back in the day when Disney would use Touchstone and oh. later on Miramax to distribute movies that didn't, you know, jive with Disney, so to speak. But since then, I mean, that has totally been re re embraced yeah. by by Disney. You're right. It was Touchstone. You nailed yeah. it. Way to go. I am full of just random useless crap. Thank God podcast came along. And that <laughs> And that film came out in 93. So, I wonder if that's why there wasn't a Disney animated film in 93. Huh, maybe maybe they were kind of clearing the runway, so to speak. Yeah, October 29th, 93. Interesting. Well, now we've all learned something, haven't we? And since it was released on October uh, 29th, I think that answers the question whether Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween or Christmas movie released right before Halloween. It's both. I think it's it's both. both. You can watch it starting 1st of October all the way through New Year's. Why not? Yeah, I I think it's both. As long as we all agree that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. That's that people are going to disagree with that. Hey, that's fine. And you know, okay, okay, I'll I'll give you this caveat. You can say that Die Hard is your favorite Christmas movie, but then your next sentence has to be, but also I hate Christmas movies. <laughs> okay. That feels fair. All right. I think so. Come uh, at me nerds, L A N D O Z, please come get the Hey, here's a question. Is this is totally not related to Disney? That got that got way too confrontational. I apologize. I know that's why I went away from Tis it. Tis the season, y'all. <laughs> is Batman Returns a Christmas movie? I don't think it's necessarily based in Christmas time, but it's I'll definitely be honest, snowy. I haven't get, I've never thought of this. Like like please tell me why it could be a Christmas well, movie. I think of it as when I think of that movie, it, it's a very cold film. Like it's all filmed very cold, like grays, grayscale. Of course, that's Batman, but but of course, with the penguin, like everything is snow covered, and um, you remember um, that everybody's like dressed in big coats. Christopher Walken in that movie's great, by the way. I was I was kind of forget <laughs> that Christopher Walken's in that movie, but he's there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it's probably wait. Oh. Do they roll out like a really big present that the the skeleton gang jumps out of in the beginning of that movie, like in the that opening scene? Sounds. I'll I, be honest; it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I think they do. I th- that does sound like something that happened. Yeah, I think that's true. So you know what? I'll say Christmas maybe. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. How that's our that? that's our listener question for the week is uh, if. Which one is more appropriate for Christmas time? Die Hard, Batman Returns. You decide. People okay. are going to say Die Hard because it's a Christmas party, but I'm just saying. And and also, people are sheep and they see it on the internet, so therefore, it's a Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't have to have Santa in it to be a Christmas movie. Hey, I'm going to tie this back to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Um, okay, because Disney Plus has an original you can watch called Noel. Noel, exactly, starring uh, Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick. Yeah, and we watched it this week, and it was fun. And, 
<laughs> okay, all right. Well said. Uh, I think they're going to put that on the poster. Yeah. I, I'm I'm okay with it, Justin Monreal. It was fine. I I had a coworker who watched it with his family and said it was kind. It, it reminded him of Elf. It is. It's a okay. lot of the they 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 really enjoy the whole fish out of water sending these North Poleans to you know walk around in Phoenix, Arizona, which was interesting. My favorite part is that they they keep reminding you that they're in Phoenix, Arizona by one of the characters walking around in either a Phoenix Sun shirt or as Arizona State shirt every time you see him. <laughs> Subtle. Yeah. So it's like, oh, where are we? Get- oh, there. We're in Phoenix. That's right. Also, that's very presumptuous. Pe- they think people really know what the Phoenix Sun logo looks like. <laughs> well, it says Phoenix Suns on it. Okay. It had better because yeah. like, like I keep up with the NBA and I barely remember that, that the Phoenix Suns are a thing. <laughs> like, like if they don't have Charles Barkley and Dan Marley, like, like do not care. Yeah. Um, Hey, KJ, too. Shout out to Kevin Johnson. Landon, I say we wrap this up with a quick preview, and this can be segment three for today. Okay. We're going to roll into segment three, and then we'll do the plugs, and we'll just wrap up the show. Sounds good. off the cuff. Frank Frank Cardillo would be so proud of me right now. This is an improviser's guide style approach. Um, He's going to be super excited when we come back. If you're watching on video, I'm going to wear a fedora. (laughs) No, I'm really not. He'd be proud. Uh, we d- we did float the idea out there of like some sort of a Disney fedora club or something. I don't know whatever no, happened to that. No, but, no, uh, this is an intervention for that idea. We're no, doing no, it. you're really not. All right. Oh my god, you've got a Disney trip coming up. In fact, you leave when? Uh, I leave on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this the day that this uh, episode posts, December the 2nd, that is two days from today. Yeah. Or if you're listening to it late, guess what? I'm already inside Disney, y'all. Hashtag Dawes Does Disney. Dawes Does Disney is totally coming back. Got to follow that hashtag. All right. Let's talk about your plans. There's a couple of big things happening on this trip, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to be eating a lot of Christmas treats. That's certainly important. I'll add that to the list. I was referring. No, no. I yeah. You're probably talking about uh, if you believe the hype. What could be one of the most technologically impressive feats Walt Disney has ever pulled off, and that is Rise of the Resistance. What is again? If you believe the rumors, a twenty minute experience yeah. with multiple tracks and multiple like vehicles and yeah. crap like that you got to change stuff during the during the ride are you kidding me yep. wow but yeah i'm gonna be in town for that and i am so looking forward to it i know we're still kind of debating what your plans are but you're planning to go opening day right Yes, I am planning to go opening day, but if you remember uh, back when Galaxy's Edge opened at uh, Hollywood Studio, what, like right before Labor Day weekend? It was like August 29th or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that fun spot right before Labor Day. Last time Florida had a hurricane. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, (laughs) uh, We went down there and we decided to get up at uh, three o'clock in the morning (laughs) and uh, just, you know, to put some, I guess, frame of reference, I, uh, I'm on the Phil Show, News Talk 97, 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. 6 to 10 a.m. means I got to get up really early mm-hmm. to get there. I get up at like 4 to go to work. So that means on my vacation, somebody who already gets up way earlier than anybody should got up an hour earlier yeah. to go stand in, uh, I guess, the open area right after you go through the yeah. ticket area of uh, Hollywood Studio at like 4 o'clock in the morning. There's still the picture of me, you, Frank, and Angela from uh, Touring Plans, yep. right? Yeah. 
look, look at me getting the lingo. Nice. Uh, where y'all look look happy. Me, I look like it's four eighteen <laughs> in the morning, and I have no idea. You what's did going not look on. happy, right? Yeah. No, no. Well, it wasn't. I wasn't happy. I was just very like confused. If we're being honest, I was half sleep deprived. Like <laughs> I needed caffeine. Uh, I was hungry. Uh, I needed water. We found out yeah. uh, later on. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of curious. Do I do that? Since it's just one attraction opening, or would I be safe to wait for you know the sun to come up like a regular person? Yeah. And 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 I don't know what to do, but I am definitely going to be there day one to ride, and also I have a Oga's Cantina reservation later that afternoon too. So oh, we'll see. The, then you have to decide: Are you hoping to squeeze in Rise of the Resistance before Oga's or after? I I'm viewing it as a before, yeah, because like I I think my Oga's is like at five twenty okay. or okay. something. So I mean, like I could in theory then go hop back in line to ride Rise again assuming i did it beforehand but at the same time i really feel like if i did that that would be my entire rest of the time in the park yeah i'm like from five on i would be in the line i'm so curious there's so many questions i have about this ride and um one of the main ones it well actually this one just popped in my mind is are they going to have single rider for this ride I was curious um, of that too because in uh, Smuggler's Run there is a single yeah. rider, but if I remember correctly, I don't think single rider was active day one, was it? It was. We didn't do it because we wanted to ride together. Oh, or did we do that? We went back and rode single rider. That's right, but it was later in. It the was day. later in the day. Yeah. So maybe when it first opens, it won't have single rider, but after like one or something. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm I'm going Han Solo once again. I will wear the crap out of a single rider line with this thing. Because unlike Smuggler's Run, it doesn't seem like it depends on right. which seat you're in. Yeah, you're not going to be driving anything. Yeah. You're just along yeah, you for just, the ride. You just need a seat in the boat. But I would imagine they want to fill every seat because it is going to be a, like, hugely popular attraction, at least day one for sure. Everybody's mm. going to want to see if the hype is real. Um, with the... I mean, what we believe to be like one of the most complicated ride systems and um, just all the effects changing between different ride vehicles, everything. I'm just like, like what, are, what are the odds that this thing doesn't break down on day one? That thought has entered my mind a lot, just based on how intricate and how detailed this yeah. is. Like all it takes is one small thing to go wrong and it's just a domino effect. Yeah. I, but you know what? You could say that. I mean, not to the extent of you know, rise of the resistance. I mean, Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that that is you know, it's kind of a simulated ride. But yeah. at the same time, there's interactive parts to it for sure, and that didn't have any issues that I remember on day one. It really didn't. Actually, that was one of the things people were really uh, bragging about because and there was a ton of people. I don't care what Diz Twitter says that people don't go to Galaxy's Edge. At least when I was there, there was a bazillion yeah. damn people. Yeah. Sorry, I, I I said the D word. <laughs> well, no, you're right. Um, and you know, the people were comparing it to something that had opened right around the same time, which was Hagrid's, which still, yeah, to to like, my knowledge, is still having problems. Is still having problems, and that opened. Well, it was like uh, back in August, I think. I thought that was more like late July. It may have been late but, July, but, but still, like, like it was late summer, and yeah. we're recording this as we already said. Uh, this episode drops on the second of December. 
remember, uh, we're almost to a new decade, and I still think we're going to be seeing issues on Hagrid into the next decade. Yeah. I, I mean, and it again is an advanced ride. There's new technologies and things, it is. but <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that any of that has anything to do with the fact that it got infested by bees for a while there. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, they had to shut it down because it <laughs> bees. For, yeah, it had a. It was like totally just rot with bees. Yeah, which is <laughs> I think. I mean, I mean to be fair, Hagrid does have a bunch of animals, so at least creatures, it's staying right? on brand. But uh, to quote a <laughs> quote a, a magician named Gob, bees, <laughs> yeah. bees. Yeah, uh, that was a news story that happened probably a month or so ago, where they just had to shut it down for a couple of days to take care of the bee problem. <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. Wow, holy crap. So, <laughs> Bees, you say. But in its defense, I hear for people who have been able to ride it, that it's, didn't a, it's amazing. And didn't get attacked by swarms of killer bees. And didn't apparently. get attacked by bees. Um, I hear it's amazing. So sometimes I guess you take the good with the bad. I'm hoping Rise of the Resistance doesn't have any issues. I'm hoping it's not infested with bees. Um, that would that would be a bummer. Though on 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 the other hand, I'd be kind of impressed. Be like, how did these bees get in here? <laughs> yeah. Are these the resistance? Is this the rise of the resistance yeah. that this ride is talking about? Space bees. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, dude. Spoilers for episode nine. <laughs> so, so Ray anyway. is actually made up of a hundred and ten million space bees. I actually think the next Disney deep dive that you're going to hear should probably be Rise of the Resistance because by the time we are able to record another one, both of us will have ridden it and we can give a good review for it. So hey, I like that idea. Yeah. But what we are also considering doing is recording a little live audio from a very special party that both of us are going to be attending. So yeah, we are going to go to the Mickey Merry Christmas Jamboree thing. <laughs> Jamboree. What's the name of it? It's the Very Merry Christmas Party. Oh. Yeah, why didn't I just guess that? But yeah, regardless, we're going to go do that, and yeah. it's going to be fun. Because like prior to me going to the not-so-scary Halloween party, I had never gone to any of these holiday after-hour parties yeah. and i was blown away with not so scary that is something i'm going to make a point of even when i do not have an annual pass to go down mm -hmm. to the walt disney world property and do not so scary and if it's half as good or if the christmas one is half as good as not so scary i am pumped yeah cannot wait i'm excited for the hot chocolate and cookies that we get to get all over the park that'll be yeah. nice um and then there are definitely some park uh, or party exclusive treats that i want to try um, I'm very much looking forward to, I, I always love the fact that cosmic rays has like a, a nice savory offering that you can only get at the party. And this one's like a Turkey, like a roasted Turkey sandwich. That sounds, oh God. sounds real good. Um, yes. but yeah, there's Cause, because, because if you hadn't had your fill of Turkey over Thanksgiving, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for more. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm down for more. And also on the merchandise side, I want to mm. get me one of them popcorn buckets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some very cool ones. The light there up Christmas is. tree is awesome. Yeah, that is that is the one that I want to get. Though, if you remember when I was going into the not so scary, I was like, I'm gonna get like 19 popcorn buckets. <laughs> I only get only end up getting one because you know I do have to bring these back to Knoxville. But I mean, like, good on Disney. Like, I never once thought that like, yes, I need to seek out a popcorn bucket. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. here I am, a grown adult, like 
looking forward to getting a second one. So I definitely like the fact that they're functional and they work well as decorations. They, so. Seriously, they they were great as decorations. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the the one I got from Not So Scary, the Mickey pumpkin balloon one. I had so many people and they were over at my condos like, that is so cool. <laughs> Which I actually might uh, have to buy uh, some popcorn Additional. buckets and bring them back for people because they know I'm going down for the Christmas party. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently we're not the only ones that think these popcorn things are cool. Well, I hope you charge a handling fee. I hadn't thought of that, but I so am now. <laughs> it's about time this podcast started making me money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. I also have not been to a very Merry Christmas party myself. This will be the first one. Um, and this year was the first time I'd done Not So Scary. So, yeah, and I'm really enjoying the parties. I definitely think you get a lot of good value, um, especially if you go and make the most of the treats and the special shows and, <laughs> and all that stuff, then, then you're really doing it right. Um, and even like just getting into the park a little bit early, yeah. because when you have those tickets to the ticketed after hour parties, I think they what, start letting you in at four. Yes. And, correct. and then, and then at six, they'll start, you know, shooing everybody out that doesn't have a ticket. But, if, but in those two hours, you can get a lot done. I mean, i not everything, but you can still get a lot done before the party starts. Yeah. And or if, like for the Halloween party, for example, I know Kevin talked about how he and his girlfriend they had to meet Jack yeah. and Sally, so they used those two hours to go get in line. So once they started, boom, they just knocked out the biggest thing they wanted to do, so they could just kind of go with the flow the rest of the yeah, night. It was all gravy after that, yeah, exactly. Which I mean, if there is one specific thing, especially when it comes to the characters, because I I do think the characters and their costumes are cool and part of the draw for these events so if there's one in particular you got to see like i don't know you've got to see goofy dressed as krampus or something <laughs> by the way that that doesn't actually exist though disney that wouldn't be a bad idea uh but like you can hop in line for him and then boom as, as soon as he's there knock it out in 10 minutes and you have the rest of the you know party to, to enjoy yeah theory well you do and at this party you can meet jack in his full sandy claws costume which i think is even cooler so ooh, that is cool so i would probably have to get in line now yeah. for that right yeah i think so Crap. <laughs> <laughs> and see that's cool and and and, and i'd appreciate the picture but I, I don't know especially with this being my first uh party i don't know if i want to devote like you know yeah. a chunk of time in a line yeah, I know you. Although I did stand in line for like thirty minutes to meet Stitch as Elvis, so that's not too bad, though. No, that wasn't too bad. I mean, and it's worth it. Stitch and Elvis, oh, yeah. Elvis costume. It was, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> there's a picture of us doing Elvis moves. Oh, I, I, it's great. I've yeah, seen it. I look great. It's the best. <laughs> By the way, once again, ladies, I am single. <laughs> So a lot to look forward to on this trip and a lot we'll be able to talk about right here on this podcast. And um, so I'm looking forward to experiencing a lot of this stuff for the first time and especially experiencing it with you, my friend. I know, buddy. It's going to be so much yeah, fun. We're going to have a good time. Not to mention uh, Festival of the Holidays over at Epcot. <laughs> Not to mention all the cool Christmas stuff going on at Animal Kingdom. All this stuff. Uh, like, like that's, that's the thing. It's like I'm glad I'm coming down for as long as I am because... I just want to take in the Christmas decorations across yeah. all the parks. It's like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to the Christmas party itself to see, you know, them go to the yeah. nines. I, the, the blow it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, blow it out. Uh, 
and and hopefully the weather will participate so I can see the fireworks display because I I did not get to see the fireworks oh, of the not yeah. so scary because you know remember I went during Hall- or, not the hurricane. hurricane season yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just I just want to see Disney do all those decorations because I mean like they're second to none when it comes to stuff like that yeah I agree with you so lots and also we get to run a counterculture trip against the girls. Um. <laughs> yeah don't tell them by the way that. i didn't plan that like this was just the best time or most affordable time for delta tickets don't hate me sam or yeah. allison or whoever else is going with y'all <laughs> yeah i forget this is rise of the Re- resistance weekend so exactly uh, yeah the ladies are are trying to strike back against the guys trip uh for opening <laughs> day of galaxy that's Edge. cute and and oh, allison sorry, by the way Allison had some uh, some trash talking to do when we we met up with them at Jock Lindsay's Thanksgiving night. She was letting me know they're going to have a great time and it's going to be way better than what we had. And I was like, "Good luck with that." Because yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. But is Jen coming down? Unfortunately, she can't make it. Oh, okay. Well, then they're, then they're definitely not going to have a better time yeah. because we had a Cardillo. We did. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that automatically raises it up a level mm-hmm. even so, if it's a cranky know. old curmudgeon cardillo it's still <laughs> it's still a cardillo i mean i mean if you think about it we got like cardillo prime yeah that's right <laughs> because he's been around since the dawn of time but you know i mean that's right so a lot to look forward to and all of this stuff is all stuff you're going to hear on upcoming episodes of the monday morning monorail podcast but before i tell you where you can find future episodes and also interact with us on the web, I will allow Landon to do the same for all of his great content. So, Landon, where can people find you? Uh, I would invite you to follow me on Twitter. Uh, that is L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best. Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where you can get the latest for me, 280 characters at a time. I also run I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips! Sit on your butt and munch! Uh, that is where you can find podcasts such as Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, where myself, Hunter East, and cousin Kevin, we made reference to him earlier, we talk about uh, HBO's award-winning series Game of Thrones, and to those asking, no, we're not going to do a final episode, because <laughs> all three of us were so bummed out by the way Thrones ended, we don't want to go back and do anything with it, so uh, there's your answer on that. Uh, there's also the R&D Project, that's where myself and Will Rab do things mm-hmm. i'm not exactly sure what goes on there i just know it's available in the itunes store and uh old episodes of near fall radio of course if you're a fan of the sweet science of professional wrestling though uh keep this between me and you jay i might be trying to bring that back but on a professional level uh that could be cool mm. And also speaking on the professional level, I am uh, on the Phil show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, air every weekday, 6 to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. Once again, that is weekdays. Uh, Also streaming worldwide at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the podcast store. Be sure to search the Phil show 987. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Remember, five stars or GTFO. Very good. Thank you. All right, man. We're going to wrap it up today. Again, we are Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on all of the other things. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. You can also visit our website, MondayMorningMonorailPodcast.com, and you can email us, 
mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for joining us again here today. Please tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to get more people joining this family, and we appreciate you so much. Rate and review us on the iTunes or anywhere else that you download. Subscribe, and we will see you next week. Until then, have a magical week. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon. The Monday Morning Monorail podcast <laughs> if you want if you want to do it you can do it no no i'm still working on my impression of you so oh, okay <laughs> it wasn't bad though right it was pretty good <laughs> i love the cadence you have that'll be a secret sound maybe all right yeah so if we're doing secret sounds here's me doing a beatbox <laughs> well my name's Landon Doan and I'm here to say I'm from Knoxville USA my hair's real cool my rhymes are real dope and when I go to Canada I wear a poke that's that's it I got don't it. know what a poke is word <laughs>